Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Joined by former Raider great Stanford Routes Dan. It is a great time of year. College football kicked off last weekend, but full swing this weekend. We've got to wait a little bit longer for the NFL. But hey, man, roster cuts downs just happened on Tuesday, so we know what the Raiders roster looks like, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, this is a time of year that everybody starts to go ahead and just rejoice with college football coming back. You got NFL right around the corner, what, about a week away? So it's definitely going to be a fun time. And, yeah, you know, with just the other day having the roster cut downs, you know, pretty much the season doesn't officially kick off till what is, I believe, September 7th, uh, the Thursday night game with the, who was it, the Buffalo Bills, or I'm sorry, the, no, Kansas City, uh, is it? The Lions at the Chiefs, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, the Lions and the Chiefs. I knew, yeah. I knew it was that. Um, and so, you know, pretty much everybody that uh, that was on the roster as of just a couple of days ago is going to be on the roster whenever the season officially kicks off next weekend. All right, Stan, let's talk about the Raiders roster. Now, they had 54 players uh, who survived cuts on Tuesday. The Raiders have a roster exemption for recently yeah. signed running back Josh Jacobs. Stan, this is uh, pretty remarkable, I thought, when I read this. Only 15 players are still around when GM Dave Ziegler and head coach Josh McDaniels took over last year. So basically in less than two calendar years, they've eventually, they essentially have flipped this roster, you know? So, I mean, they did that from a team that made the playoffs. So Stan, I mean, if you're looking at this team, let's say they go six and 11 again. Um, I know expectations aren't that high. So look at Ziegler and McDaniels, unless it's an absolute collapse where they win two, three games, maybe you got to figure they have a buy again this year, don't they? And they're back for sure next year. Uh, I think it really depends on how the year goes. I think if it looks like Josh McDaniels is losing the team, like he's losing the locker room, there's a very good chance that Mark Davis may go ahead and just make a make a move uh, at the top. And I think that um, when you really look at everything in its totality, I mean, we thought that uh, we thought that uh, Nathaniel Hackett would last more than a year for the Denver Broncos. So I think that. Once it looks like a coach has lost the team, lost the locker room, then all bets are off. But I see where you're going with it. I'm just not so quick to just say that automatically Josh McDaniels is going to be granted a reprieve. They won six games last year. Vegas over under six and a half. Stan, what would you bet? If you're a betting man, you go over under on that total, six and a half. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to say over. I want to say over. I think six and a half is low. I want to say over. All right. I think if I'm going to go over, I'm going to go barely over, maybe seven. Yeah. Possibly, mm-hmm. I think a good year is eight wins. So before we break down all the offense and defensive positions and the players who made the roster, let's get the uh, read in here. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the pro- promo code, beg your pardon, believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online or the game starts. All right, Stan, let's start with the quarterback situation. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback now. The backups, Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell, they cut Chase Garbers. 
Dan, we know they brought in Jimmy G to replace Derek Carr. They believe he's better playing in simple Garoppolo. Look, at he was good last year, but he also had a very good supporting cast with him. Yep. With the San Francisco 49ers. Let's not, uh, you know, make light of that. He's never had a receiver, however, like Devontae Adams. So maybe that'll up his game more. Stan, let me ask you this. I'm more... I'm more looking at the Raiders' backup quarterback situation. I've had a fr- couple of friends text me. Raider fans are like, get rid of Brian Hoyer. Let's go with Aiden O'Connell. I know he's looked good in the preseason. I'm like, guys, slow down. It's the preseason. I know Hoyer hasn't played that well. I know he's 37, and he wanted to retire, but McDaniels uh, convinced him to come back. Stan, I mean, if you look at this, I mean, how confident would you feel going into the season with a rookie backup quarterback in O'Connell? given Jimmy G's injury history. I wouldn't be that confident because, like you just said, it was his rookie backup quarterback, and it's not a Bryce Young or, you know, anybody of that stature or somebody that was drafted really, really high like the other guys were from Indianapolis and for the Houston Texans. But Josh McDaniels, obviously, there's something that he sees. There's something that he's thinking because he knows Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, he's New England Patriots, somebody Josh McDaniels has been around, things like that. So for him to make that move, for him to for him to do that, there's got to be something, some sort of ideology, some sort of mindset that's making him do that. So at this point, we both really don't have any choice but to just go ahead and put our faith in Josh McDaniels and assume that he knows what he's doing because he's been around these guys. And for him to make that choice, there has to be some sort of knowledge behind it. Dan, let me ask you those. Let's just say Jimmy G is a perfect fit in Josh McDaniel's system. Everything clicks. Devontae Adams had a huge year a year ago in his first season with the Raiders. 17-game season, Stan. Am I out of my mind thinking Devontae Adams could get 2,000 yards receiving? Everything clicks. Um, Everything uh, clicks. (laughs) Everything clicks. No, you're not out of your mind. I definitely still would kind of uh, tell you that you might want to go ahead and, you know, slow down on the drinks (laughs) and slow down on the beers for the night. Just because, I mean, we look at Jerry Rice. We look at him having that record for so long. We look at Calvin Johnson back in 2012 when he broke the record. That's very difficult. And I'm talking about two guys that are wearing gold jackets. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Devontae Adams, he's going to be wearing a gold jacket one day as well. We all know that. But it just everything, and I mean everything, everything, everything has to go right for that to happen just because it's a long, grueling season. Some teams are going to game plan. They're going to scheme to try to take you away to make sure that you don't have a big day. And now we have 17 game seasons, obviously 16 games back when Jerry Rice and Calvin Johnson did it, but you you have to average well over a hundred yards a game. And that's just something that in a lengthy season, that's just so tough to do whatever without with these D coordinators that are going to make sure that they're not going to allow the Raiders to beat them with their right hand, AKA having Devontae Adams have a big day. Yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, Wide receiver group now, Devontae Adams, who I just mentioned. we got Jacoby Myers, who came over as a free agent from the New England Patriots. Hunter Renfro, hoping he has a bounce-back season here in 2023. Then the backups, Trey Tucker, DeAndre Carter, uh, Christian Wilkerson. They cut Philip uh, Dorsett, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise, Dan. Uh, Keelan Cole Sr., who was a good uh, special teams player a year ago for the yeah. Silver and Black, Cam Sims, and then Chris Lacey. Now, Dorsett, did, uh, he did get picked up by the Denver Broncos, so... Stan, if I look at this group as a whole, and like I said, I'm hoping Hunter Renfro can have a bounce-back season. 
Stan, I feel like I could put this group up against any uh, set of wide receivers in the NFL and feel pretty darn good about it, don't you? Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's just going to come down to the quarterback. It's going to come down to whether Jimmy J can get them the ball. It's going to come down to his health. It's going to come down to his availability. But I'm right there with you. I think that uh, as far as the just the core in general, I like it. I don't I'm not completely in love with it, but definitely um, has uh, more than enough ability to be able to get the job done. And you take a look at the running backs now. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is back. His holdout has ended. He's going to play a one-year, uh, $10 million, give or take, uh, deal. we got Zamir White. Uh, he'll be the backup running back as well. Stan, I guess the question to you, Josh Jacobs, can do you think he can put together another season like he did a year ago, or how much do you think last year he was playing for a contract, and that's why he put up such big numbers? Well, obviously he was playing for a contract, but the question is, do I think he can do it again? Yes, I do. I mean, he's only, what, 24, 25 years old, so he still is young, even by running back standards, per se. I think as long as he doesn't get injured, let me knock on wood, as long as he doesn't get injured, I think he's going to be in store for another monster season because it's going to come times where Jimmy G may not be available and they may have the rookie quarterback in the fold. Well, What's the rookie quarterback's best friend? Guess what? A run game and a good defense. We know the Raiders are not going to have a stout defense, but they will definitely have a Josh Jacobs in the back in the backfield to alleviate some of that pressure off of whether it's Jimmy G or your backup quarterback, uh, O'Connell. All right, Stan, let's take a look at the tight end position now. And the rookie out of Notre Dame, Michael Meyer, looks like he's going to be the starter. Then you got the backups of Austin Hooper, Jesper Horstead. They cut Cole Fortheringham, although they put uh, him on the practice squad. And I'll get to the practice squad at the end of this podcast. They also cut John Samuel uh, Shanker. Stan, I know there's a lot of expectations with Meyer, the rookie out of Notre Dame, as I just mentioned. But I, I just keep going back to if Darren Waller is healthy this year and they re-sign Foster Morrow, I just thought that was a position of strength for them. Something uh, that they should, I should have, they should have held on to both of them. I don't think yeah. they should have traded Waller. I know it was probably more of a cap clearing space with him and then Morrow. Uh, I really liked him. I thought he filled in very well uh, for uh, Waller a year ago. So I thought that went from a position of strength to stand, perhaps a position of question mark. Am I am I off base here? No, you're definitely not. I mean, obviously, Foster Moreau uh, bouncing back from his cancer scare with the New Orleans Saints now, and then we see Darren Waller with the New York Giants. So it's 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 definitely not out of the realm of reasoning for you to be nervous, for you to be apprehensive, and just simply be flat out not not unconfident with that uh with that corpse just because it's unproven, and that's where we all know that this league is about. You got to go ahead, got to put it out there. So it definitely uh remains to be seen and uh there's definitely room for improvement or should i say room left to be desired all right now the final position group is the offensive line we got colton miller uh the starting left tackle dylan parham is the starting left guard we got andre james uh back at starting center and then a surprise at right guard uh greg van roten beat out alex bars who the team ended up cutting after he started 14 games a year ago then I, I guess Jermaine Illuminor or Thayer Munford Jr. I don't know if they've said who's going to start uh, at the right tackle position. Now, they've kept uh, Justin Huron as a backup and Jordan Meredith. Only a couple backup offensive linemen. I got to think that's going to change, Stan. But, you know, I, I mentioned the Alex Bars. Uh, has this group gotten better, do you think, from a year ago? Well, obviously, they could run block well with Josh Jacobs leading the NFL and rushing. But 
Uh, you got to pass protect, and at times they were suspects, Dan. Yeah, I would basically just say unilateral. I'm not sure if they got better. I'm not sure if they got worse. It just remains to be seen. Uh, they didn't make any major upgrades or anything like that. Nobody was taken with the top 15 pick. That's your uh, stud left tackle that you know is going to be a cornerstone for your team for years to come or drafting someone at the pivot position, the center, that you know is going to be the anchor of your offensive line for the next decade. So because of that, I would just go ahead and just give it a question mark. I'm not sure if they got better or worse. I would say unilateral. It was just kind of like a, a lateral step. <laughs> you know, uh, didn't do anything great, didn't do anything bad. It's just a matter of are they going to be able to gel together? Are they going to become cohesive when they need to be to be able to go ahead and push this offensive and, uh, and propel them forward? We'll find it September the 10th when the Raiders – uh, start the season at Denver, taking on the Broncos, and we'll see a new look Russell Wilson, perhaps. All right, let's go to your side of the ball, the defense now. We'll start with the big boys up front, Stan. Uh, we've got Max Crosby on one end, Bilal Nichols, Jerry Tillery are going to be the two defensive tackles, and Chandler Jones, let's hope for a bounce-back season uh, from him. Now the backups are Tyree Wilson, their first-round pick out of Texas Tech, uh, Byron Young, Malcolm Koontz, Adam Butler, John Jacobs, Nesta Jade, Silvera. Stan, this group... Uh, Underperformed last year, underwhelmed, however you want to say it, didn't perform no. up to par. How do you feel about this group outside of Crosby heading into the season? The same way I felt last year. I mean, once again, they had Tyree Wilson that they drafted him number seven overall. Some people felt it was a reach. Some people felt he was overdrafted. We don't know. We're going to go ahead and we're going to give him the right to prove it this coming season. We're not going to cast any aspersions on him right away. But other than that, there's no other movement that you saw within, like you just said, the D-line minus a Max Crosby because we already know that he's a stud. We already know he's an all-pro. It just is a remain-to-be-seen type of situation. And I feel like that's what most of Raider Nation is feeling is that, okay, we get it, but we still need to see it out there on the football field because we feel like we've seen this movie over the last several years. Dan, let me ask about Neil Farrell. He was a fourth-round pick a year ago. Uh, he had a cup of coffee basically as a rookie. Then this year he got hurt in camp. He fell behind. The Raiders ended up trading him to Kansas City, which was a surprise. They traded him within the division and to, Kent, and to Kansas City. They got a sixth round pick in return. Look, at, I, is it just one of those things where because the Raiders draft history, we're like, oh my gosh, this is a fourth rounder. He should be contributing to the Raiders. Not only as, maybe not as a rookie, but in his second year, we would expect some contributions out of him. Instead, they ship him out to. Kansas City, are we? Oh, am I overreacting, or is like here we go again? Uh, I think anytime you get mid round guys, I think that uh, it's one of those situations that it could pan out, it could not pan out. That's why it's a mid round guy. I think it's very easy to sit up and be a Monday morning quarterback and go ahead and condemn the organization, condemn the brass for simply making a draft pick in the fourth round, and now you're trading him a year later. But you also got to look at it from the standpoint of if they realize that this guy is not going to be able to help us, he's not going to be able to be productive, let's go ahead and get something for him rather than just simply cut him in training camp, and now we don't get anything. So they got a sixth-round pick in return for him, and hopefully that pans out to being something in the near future. Dan, let me ask you this. I know you want to be a defensive coordinator someday. The Raiders had just 27 sacks uh, as a unit last year. You're the Raiders defensive coordinator. What would be your goal? What is your number over under that you would want your defense to record sack wise in 17 games? What is realistic? Do you think what's realistic or what would I want? Both. 
I would say what's realistic for the Las Vegas Raiders, I'd say, let's go ahead and say right at about maybe 31, 32, as far as, you know, the, the number for them this year. And I say that because they didn't make any massive upgrades. And that's why I say 31 to 32. They had 27 last year. I'm picking Tyree Wilson to go ahead and probably maybe get about four or five this year. I would love to see him get more than that. But if you're just asking me, that's what I'm thinking. Now, as far as uh, as far as what I would like me as a D coordinator, I want my defense getting somewhere in that 40 to 45 range of sacks because that changes the game. That puts the quarterback on his back. And if you're getting that many sacks, you're probably getting twice as many pressures. And if you're getting that many pressures, the ball's got to be coming out quicker. Sometimes it may be coming out uh, in a, on an errant throw. It may not come out accurate. One of the D linemen may get his hands in the air. It's a batted ball. Tip pass. That can, that can lead to an interception. Things like that. So that's where I would want my defense at as a defensive coordinator, at least in that 40 to 45 range. I'm not saying that's the, that's the direct amount. I'm saying at least in that range just because of what it can do for a defense and especially what it can do for a young and inexperienced secondary minus Marcus Peters. All right, Stan, let's take a look at the linebackers. Now we got Divine Diablo is going to start in the middle. You got Robert Spillane. Uh, Luke Masterson is listed as a starter, but Stan, let's face it, I mean, most teams today are running, what, a 4-2-5? Realistically, uh -huh. a four-down lineman, a couple of linebackers. Yes. Darian Butler, Amari Bernie, and Curtis Bolton are the backups. Uh, Stan, I guess I'm going to take a flyer, and it's going to be a wait and see on this group, right? Same, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that pretty much is wait and see for me on a lot of the group positions uh, on this team. And yeah, you're spot on, right? I think that uh, obviously with Spillane coming over from the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, he was in the fold, but you still want to see is it going to translate to being a difference maker for this defense out in the AFC West and not the AFC North. All right, Stan, let's take a look at your former position. That's the corner now, the starters. Looks like Marcus Peters, uh, Ja'Cory and Bennett, Nate Hobbs in the slot, the backups, David Long Jr., Brandon Faison, and Meek Robertson actually made it. Wasn't sure if he was going to. They cut Sam Webb, Duke Shelley, Tyler Hall. Stan, what's your analysis of this group? Uh, wait and see. Obviously, with Marcus Peters, we know what he brings to the table, or should I say we know what he did bring to the table. Everybody else with Nate Hobbs uh, doing his thing in the slide, things like that. We got the young guy, uh, Bennett, out of Maryland. Hopefully, he pans out. Hopefully, he starts paying some dividends early on as a rookie, but we all know with corner being the 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 most or the second most hardest position to play in the NFL I'm not going to go and put all of my eggs in his basket as far as the confidence of him paying dividends this early as a rookie. I think, once again, it's just a wait-and-see approach. It remains to be seen. I have, I'm have, i cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, that may be me being a homer and just the realistic side of me. I'm not expecting a lot of great things out of the secondary, but once again, like I said, I would love to be pleasantly surprised and wrong with my assessment right now. Stan, let me ask you this. I want to talk a little bit more about Jacorian Bennett, the rookie out of Maryland. Uh, the Raiders coaching staff seem to be high on him. So let me ask you this. We just talk, you just mentioned, and we've talked about this before, corner is the second toughest position now in the NFL, in football behind the quarterback position. What would you need to see for Bennett to make him a starter from day one? Or would, what would you not need to see from him to bring him along a little bit slowly so you don't 
Taylor's confidence. I'm going to, you know, look yeah. at athletes have the same thing. They lose confidence. You see it. So yes. what would you do with a guy like him? What would I need to see for him to, for me to go ahead and just put him as a starter? I would just need to see, does he look like he's able to handle the moment? Does the moment look like it's too big for him? Does it look like he belongs? And when I say that, does he look like he's ready for this? So if he's now covering his receiver on a go ball, and let's say he's covering Devontae Adams in practice, is he able to locate the ball? Is he able to not panic and get a pass interference? Is he able to go up for the ball? Does he look like he belongs whenever he's covering the Hunter Renfro's, whenever he's covering the Devontae Adams, or just anybody in the preseason? That, to me, is what the measure is. You look at other corners like Tariq Wollin last year, six INTs for the Seattle Seahawks. I believe he was a fifth or sixth-round draft pick. I forget what it was, but I know he was a late-round pick, wound up being a pro bowler as a rookie, and obviously much respect to him. But you look like you belong. Doesn't mean you're making every play. You're going to get beat sometimes. But do you look like the moment is too big for you? That's what you're looking for, especially for a young corner of do you want to throw him in the game? Do you want to put him in that starting lineup? He's got to look like he belongs, like the moment is not too big for him. All right. Finally, the safety group. You got Marcus Epps, free agent, who came over from the Eagles. We know he's good uh, against the ground game. How's he going to fare in the pass game? It sounds like he's taking Trayvon Merrick, uh, who's in his third year out of 2CU under his wing. Stan, I'm sure I still don't know if the Raiders know what they have in Merrick. I thought he was very good his rookie season. Then, yeah, like the here. rest of the defense, I thought he kind of took a step back a year ago. So I think it's kind of look, wait and see what do we got with him. Isaiah Polamau, he is one backup along with Chris Smith and Roderick Teamer. Stan, I'm going to be a little optimistic. I'm going to say this group has actually gotten better. I'm excited to see what Epps can do. Uh, and I'm looking for an improved Merrick uh, to have his best season here in year three. Your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely would take a wait-and-see approach. Hopefully Merrick uh, turns the corner and now becomes one of the better safeties in the AFC, maybe even pushing for a Pro Bowl nod. And I think that would be great for this defense. Epps coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles can bring some of that experience of the playoffs in big games, and he can go ahead and com- and continue to mentor Merrick and the rest of the guys in the secondary even, and hopefully that can pay dividends. So having a guy who's been there, having a guy who's got the experience, having a guy who can be a leader in that back end, man, it is invaluable, the level of confidence that he can bring and just the leadership and overall knowledge that can really help a lot of the young guys. And I think we can, the special teams talking about now, I think Daniel Carlson, uh, AJ Cole, I think he can put him up against any yeah. two in the NFL. And no I think if it. the Raiders don't have the best, it's certainly up uh, two or three. All right, Stan, we've gone through each position group now. Let me ask you, which one do you think is the strength of the Raiders and which one is the biggest question mark heading into week one? I would probably go with the strength of the Raiders. I would go with either the running back group with obviously Josh Jacobs leading the, leading the way. And then we got the receivers, Devontae Adams. So both those guys are tops in the league at their position as far as where they finished last year, stats, yards, things like that. And I would say the biggest question mark would probably be the corners. Obviously, you got Marcus Peters, but how much does he have left in the tank? Then you got a Jacorian Benny. You draft him out of Maryland, mid-round draft pick. But is he going to be ready to go ahead and take the next step? I would say that those are probably the, the, the question marks on the team, along with some other positions. There's no doubt about it. But if you're asking me, uh, I would say the strength is the receiver position. And then I would say the, uh, the biggest question mark, probably the corners. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go along with both of those groups as well. All right, Stan, give me the player you are most excited to see in week one. Oh, (laughs) on the Raiders, the player I'm most excited to see, I would probably go with, I would probably go with the one I'm most excited to see is Jimmy G. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be able to go ahead and translate some of the success he had with the 49ers to the black and silver? Is he going to be able to get the ball to a Devontae Adams and a Hunter Renfro and the myriad, or should I say the plethora of weapons that he has at his disposal? Is this team's soul, I'm not going to say soul, but is this team's brightest spot going to be the guy that led the league in rushing last year? Or is it going to be these receivers really being able to get open and showing how elite they are? And thus now leading the points on the board and where it's not going to be completely falling on the shoulders of the defense because we already know they're not exactly oozing in a lot of ability or should I say talent on the defense side of the ball. So they're going to definitely need a lot of point production from the offense. Dan, let me ask you this. Best case scenario, Jimmy G is healthy. The offense clicks. The defense improves. Best case scenario, win-wise, worst case scenario, everything falls apart. Jimmy G can't stay healthy. The defense, believe it or not, actually takes a step back. Worst case scenario, win-wise, for the silver and black here coming up in 2023. I would say best case scenario, I could see the Raiders uh, sneaking around a 9-8. and eight. I could okay. see them sneaking around a 10-7 and seven type of season. Worst case scenario, Jimmy G gets hurt or just simply doesn't have it. Oh man, this thing could get real ugly, and you could be looking at down, staring down the barrel of a three and fourteen type of season. So, uh, yeah, that that would be my worst case scenario: three and fourteen. Uh, you know, it's I still hate seventeen games. Like it's just like like oh, the Raiders. I can see them eight and eight. I feel like yeah, you know, everything goes right. You <laughs> I know? know what you mean. Yeah. Like there's no five hundred anymore. Right? Yes, I'm like five hundred. Okay, you made it back to five hundred. Like eight and nine. That means you're still under five hundred, man. And then. Yeah. You know, I think three three wins is probably if everything just went completely south on this franchise. I think three wins is probably what you're looking at. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Stan, I think Arizona is so god awful. I don't even know if three wins would get you the first pick and, and a shot at Caleb Williams. I think yeah. that uh, Arizona mm-hmm. might be lucky to win one or two games, man, with everything that they going on. So, uh, well, we got to wait till September 10th. We open it up at uh, the Broncos with uh, Sean Payton, and we'll see what he's been able to do with the. Uh, Russell Wilson. But before that, the Houston Cougars, they kick off on Saturday. Stan, tell me about the team and who you guys are playing the season opener. Man, we got to open up the season with UTSA, the Roadrunner. It's going to be a big game uh, on uh, FS1, I believe, Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry, Saturday evening around 6 o'clock, I think. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a good game. And, you know, you want to start off the year on the right foot. Uh, but definitely, if um, – if you walk into the stadium not with your chin strap buckled, you can easily lose to UTSA because they're a good team. Dan, are you up in the box or are you down on the field? Oh, I'd be I'd be down on the field. Oh, and the game's on FS1? Yes. All right, man. I'm watching and I am looking for you on the <laughs> sideline on Saturday right. for sure. Good stuff oh, yeah. as always, my man. Great edition of uh, this episode. Oh, man. Love it, man. Can't wait. We're back uh, for a new season. Man, this is my favorite time of year. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Route, I'm Dennis Ackerman. May all your punts find the coffin corner.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.